Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Ryan, Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Ryan, Gam, slam, jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome into TFS Pod 141. As usual, a lot has happened in the last eight days since we last spoke. Um, week four in college football in the books, week three of NFL in the books. College basketball practice started yesterday, thank the good Lord. Um, some wacky stuff going on in just sports in general. Um, clown cars left and right, one being our team, um, their coaching, everything, um, and many other things that we will discuss here in the next hour or so. Without further ado, we'll go to the podium as we always do. I'll start. I think I've talked about this guy in the past, probably a year ago, when it, when it came out that he wanted an eighth year of college football. Now he wants nine. This guy that he his name is Cam McCormick. He started off at Oregon, had some injuries, um, a few red shirts, COVID year, and he's at Miami now. This is his eighth year of eligibility. He's seeking a NCAA record ninth. How year is eight of years in that record? Seriously, dude, you you were that much of a loser that you want to stay in college for that long? He's like Tommy, yeah. Some people, a lot of people go to school for seven years. Yeah, they're called doctors. I guarantee this guy comes out with a gen ed degree. It's probably stupid. It just pisses me off. Like, dude, get a life. No one cares. Like, you're trying to break some record. You probably haven't, you probably have like 10 yards in your career. Screw off. Participation trophy days. Participation trophy days. All right, my podium. I'm going to go a little bit of a part two off of last week because last week I gave a little benefit of the doubt to. H.B. Harlan Barnett, Michigan State's interim coach, but asked him and other coaches to just tell it like it is. Quit sugarcoating a pile of dog you-know-what in your press conference. Tell the truth. So i got a question this week. Why do lame duck coaches need to care? Or, no, not why do they need to. Why lame duck coaches need to care about what they're leaving behind and not ride or die with seniors or upperclassmen? Um my point is is Harlan Barnett, A, if you're auditioning for a job, you're failing miserably because Michigan State is got to be one of the most penalized teams in the country. They're the most rudimentary mistakes. Uh, we're going to get into the game, obviously, in first down. But my point really here is the quarterback situation. Those who are at the games the last couple of weeks have noticed that every time Noah Kim makes a mistake, he comes up limping afterwards happened again against Maryland um you know then finally Kate Hauser gets to go in the game leads Michigan State on a good drive they set him up for failure by calling a screen pass inside their own 10 which as my buddy Dave pointed out they don't do in the pros so why would you do it in college throws a pick any chance Michigan State had to come back is gone but he sparked Michigan State to their only touchdown against Washington and sparked them on a good drive in that game made some good throws Here's my point. Whether you're HB or another lame duck coach, stop being loyal to seniors. 
play the guys that are more than likely going to be left behind and choose to stay behind or maybe ride with the new program, give them a chance to play. Because I'm going to guarantee you this. If Hauser continues to be buried on the bench, as soon as that 30-day free transfer window opens, he's gone. Leave it is gone. And Michigan State's next coach is going to be dealt a hand of Noah Kim, who no question has a fantastic arm, but has zero accuracy, has zero poise, has happy feet, can't take a hit, so on and so on and so on. So my message is, Harlan Barnett, get your head out of your ass. Quit saying to the media that we're riding with Kim because he's our guy. I don't care if Hauser doesn't, in your mind, give you as much of a chance to win. Newsflash, you aren't going to win again this year. You have won better than maybe, and that's Indiana. And a couple of games that you could maybe pull one out of your ass. You still have to play Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. That's three more losses right there. That's two and five out of order, meaning you have to win, what is that then, five out of the last seven to go seven and five. Uh, Five out of the other seven. There's no way it's going to happen. So freaking burn the boats. Let the Noah Kims and the older guys that are not going to be the cornerstones of the program transfer in the transfer portal. Because I still argue that guys that are starters, Hall on defense is a great example. Rucker, who started last week as a, you know, finally coming off injury at cornerback, really good. Like those young freshmen that are starting and playing a lot, they're going to stay if they're starters. If they're not, then they're going to take a chance and they're going to go somewhere else. So bag it with the seniors, bag it with the old guys, and play the young guys. I'm tired of you riding or dying with a quarterback who has scored us, what, six points in the last two freaking weeks. Tired of it. I'm over it. Three points. He had one touchdown drive last week. Oh, true. I forgot. It was so bad I tried to blank out of my Yeah, no kidding. All right. Multiple flags to be thrown this week. I'm going first. Um, I came across this this afternoon. Um, I think it was on TikTok maybe that I started reading it, um, reading an article about it. Really weird. It's just, I don't even know how to explain it. So, there's a big rivalry down in New Mexico, New Mexico State, New Mexico. They hate each other. Um, well, team, this is what the type, the article says. Teams investigate after video shows NMSU player allegedly urinating on rivals' practice field. It was their starting quarterback, New Mexico State. Didn't they have a murder between those two programs? Yep, last some year? guy got murdered last year, and it, yeah, unbelievable. And there's some guy who took a video of it. It got leaked. Now it's out. Um, no pun intended, literally. it got leaked. <laughs> just, what are you doing, man? Especially in today's day and age, you can't do anything like that. There's cameras everywhere. Yeah, it's uh, not like when I was in college when nothing that you did that was crazy and stupid made social media. You know, The worst you had is a Polaroid picture of something. Like These people have no freaking brains. That's because they're playing eight or nine years, and they don't have an actual brain to think with. My flag's a little less salty than that, but... Anytime I see this, I just want to throw a flag and it's come on, man, on the Ohio State players. Like up on the on their bench taunting Notre Dame fans. I act like you've been there before. Like you're a perennial power. You are in the playoffs or in the hunt for the playoffs every year. This isn't Michigan State going down to Notre Dame in the midst of a dog do season and pulling off a shocking upset while getting trash talked and being told about their coach. Then Maybe I could 
excuse it, but you're Ohio State. Take it like men and celebrate with your team. It just infuriates me when people, the fans are dumb, right? Like, I'm one of them. We say dumb stuff. We say it if you're close to get people's go, to get you to get a technical, to get you to play. You know, like Ryan and I will talk often about the example of my boys that listen to the pod. Remember, we, especially me, would give Quanzo Martin for per- Purdue an earful when Michigan State played them and like three years in a row they won titles in the Big Ten and Michigan State finished second to them like our sophomore junior and senior year and Kwanzaa Martin would come to town and I just would ride his ass and he would look at me like come on bring it boy and he would go off on Michigan State but like for every one of them there's a Nigel from Wisconsin who Michigan State rode mercilessly and played one of the worst college basketball games I've ever seen nonetheless fans say stuff you as a player, keep it between the lines, especially when you're Ohio State, especially if you're Michigan. And I would say the same of Notre Dame if they were doing it. Like, get a brain. Buy a clue. You're idiots. Well, in Ryan Day, we can discuss him. Might as well do it now. We're talking about it. You see the, the thing... No, we're from Ohio. No one respects us. Saying all this shit oh crap. It's like, dude, because Lou, Lou Holtz, suffering succotash Holtz, can hardly speak. Out. Poor guy's like nine hundred years old. Like, dude, like you're you're in Ohio State. You're a top five program in college football history. Stop it. I think that's as we we may as well we're shifting into week one, right? Like first down or not week one, week four. Um, shifting into first down then territory. I I think that's like. If you pay any attention to Joel Klatt, which take him or leave him, he's okay. Like once in a while, I watch his little takes and videos on on TikTok. I can't really take him when he's calling a game. He bothers me with maybe because Gus has lost his luster with me. I don't know, but um, you know, he made a good point a couple weeks ago that if Ohio State played as poorly against a team like Bowling Green as Michigan did, they would have dropped from number two to number seven and taken an absolute beating in the media. So from that perspective, I kind of get what Ryan Day is saying. Because Michigan, it's excused away. Like, oh, they didn't have Harbaugh. Oh, J.J. just had a bad game. Oh, this. Oh, that. It's excuses, right? And they stay number two. So I think what Day is is trying to do is actually not... That's not an emotional reaction. I think that's a... You can debate whether intellectual is the word you agree with. But I'll say an intellectual approach of, all right, then I'm going to turn it on everybody else and I'm going to get the media to kind of treat us as more of an underdog and maybe it's because you know obviously there's an expectation with them it's no different than if Alabama you know they start rumbling should save and retire because they lost to Texas I mean give me a break then they went out and smacked up Mississippi upside the head when they were talking trash to him like some of this is just it's fuel it's fire it's fighting fire with fire I think it was calculated by day to say that um you know whether Holtz said whatever he said. I didn't hear it exactly, but look, like Ryan said, he's probably in a nursing home. He can barely get two words out without spitting all over the person he's talking to. So, like, take that with a grain of salt. But I think Ohio State is circling the wagons and playing an us against the world mentality because they take such a beating in the media that he's just going to be like, fine, then we're going to throw punches back. And I don't necessarily blame him, to be honest. True. Good spin. All right. First down, <clears throat> week four review. Um, Let's get right to it. Um, let's see. I got one for you. Ain't no air raid at Wisconsin, but those backs are beasts. Well, we knew that. It's and Wisconsin. Mordecai, too. Like, he, be, I mean, 
I don't know if anybody watched the game, Ryan. I don't know. We weren't watching it. You were out at the bar. I've watched like, I've never games. seen, minus a high school center, float a shotgun snap quite like Wisconsin's. Like, really? It was really bad. But, like, they just <laughs> dominated on the ground, um, you know, against Purdue, who's decimated this year. Like, on defense, they lost some key guys I talked about in the preview, and they were just they're playing like it. But Wisconsin smartly did not abandon the run because that's their strength, right? They want to get to air raid, and I think that's totally fine. I think the threat of it is great, but what I saw is old school Wisconsin, and I have to say you ride or die with that this year if you're a Badger. Yeah, you have to. You have to. It's Wisconsin, not an air raid team. But that was a good win for them. Kind of stomped Purdue. Um, Purdue's bad, though. Um, should have done that. Um, all right, other around the Big Ten, I guess we can go. Indiana four overtimes against Akron. <laughs> Indiana's bad. That's the team that Michigan State has the best chance oh, to win. Oh, they still find a way to lose. Don't worry. Um, uh, Michigan, Rutgers, Michigan's 0-4 against the spread. Good teams win, great teams cover. Um, and Rutgers, that's a game that's a little misleading by the final score because Rutgers was driving, I yeah, think, they had a when few, it was close. And they, picks but they're Rutgers, and... right? Whatever. Like, But they were driving at a point where the game was really close. So it was really no different than Bowling Green, except for it was in the conference. And yet, again, Michigan doesn't slide. I, I don't understand it because I'm telling you, they're choking under the pressure of expecting to be right there for a national title again this year. McCarthy is playing, eh. Coram's coming off an ACL, I get it, but he's not been anything spectacular. I want to say Carter from Michigan State is still probably Carter's pretty close to leads the lead. A minus maybe the Wisconsin backs. But like, arguably, he's having a better season than Coram is. You know, Michigan's found some receivers. Their defense is obviously pretty good. They're holding up and not giving up very many points in the first four games. They've also probably played four of the worst offenses in college football. But regardless, they're doing their job. But that team is overrated, I, I, I'm telling you. That doesn't mean that they're not going to be much better as the weeks they're go on. Team, but... Um, but they're overrated. And, and I'm sorry, they were no different with Jimmy back than they weren't. And all I can say is this is, thank goodness for what, you know, the – the in, inordinate fascination with Deion Sanders because that means we don't have to listen to the Jim Harbaugh well, not cock yet. sucking all the time, not which is yet. ridiculous. So yet is the keyword. You know, yet is good point. So yeah, that was kind of a eh, whatever. Florida Atlantic win. covered against Illinois. Um, Illinois, yeah, Illinois is on the struggle year. bus. They're missing those key defensive players too. Their offense isn't quite clicking. I mean, they're they're finding a way to win. They're two and two. They're actually honestly where. I had them pegged at this point in the season. Um, you know, Kansas is a pretty decent team. Penn State's really good. Um, but I'm not that impressed with Illinois. I don't see them as having a chance to contend, whereas in my previews, I think I kind of thought maybe an outside chance they could contend for a West title. Nebraska uh, did not cover against Louisiana Tech. Um, but it's Nebraska. They're not, they have some like 6'3", 250 quarterback going right now. Yeah, and they've There's lost some running backs for the season. They're, yeah, there's, they're on a slow, they're on a rebuild. Look, they've been on a perennial rebuild forever, but like, whatever. I mean, as long as you're willing to give your good coach a chance to get his guys in there and whatever, I think Rule will turn it around. I mean, Nebraska's got the heritage, they've got the fan base, they've got the loyalty. You know, it's probably kind of hard to recruit to Lincoln, except for the fact that the girls are gorgeous. But um, what? Like, besides that, yeah, the farm girls are pretty girls. Like that's what that's your recruiting ploy though for Nebraska. Like what else do you have? Stakes. Like you're in the middle of nowhere. But in Nebraska, they have nothing else but Nebraska football. Well, in volleyball because they packed ninety four thousand people into the 
of Cornhusker Stadium too. So like I I Nebraska will get there, but they're about on par with where I thought they would be at this point. Uh, how about Northwestern? Heck of a comeback. I watched I watched the the latter part of that game. Um, Minnesota just kind of like choked on a donkey, right? PJ Fleck is a fraud. Yeah, they're Minnesota. Like they were up what twenty four seven at the half, thirty one ten in the third quarter, lost in overtime. Um, Northwestern impressive drive to close the game to tie it. And then Ryan, you predicted they go for two. I thought smartly they went for the kick, and then they got them in overtime. Like good for you, Northwestern. Like they actually looked pretty decent doing it too. So, yeah. um, you know, a, better than Michigan State, I'll tell you that much at this point in time. Yeah. So I, I would say that you know, Northwestern. Not again, they don't have a chance. But I mean, that's a pretty feel good feel good win for them. And honestly. A couple more wins like that in the West, which is doable, and I think they they give that interim coach a good hard look. Yeah, good for them. Um, let's go Ohio State Notre Dame, low scoring. Um, yeah, hope this, isn't, this, the isn't, under. this is more trussle ball Ohio State than anything. Ball and that's all right if that's defense. if that's what it takes for Ohio State. Embrace that because I you know not that it matters what your quarterback translates to to the pro but your quarterbacks that were great at Ohio State have done jack except for Stroud's off Stroud's the start. Well, yeah. Um so embrace what you're good at. You got two good running backs, well actually three. One of them's hurt right now, second string. You of course have great wide receivers and you have a good tight end. Like you've got weapons, you can keep it balanced. You don't need to be you know, nothing but air raid. Pretty solid D line too. Yeah, I thought they handled that. They were getting run all over by Notre Dame. I will say in the like the latter stages of that game, and I don't know why Notre Dame just didn't keep pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding. Because they got like, Hartman, man. Yeah, I just like at that point in time, ride or die with what's working. You know, run it once if it works. Run it twice. Run it if it keep. You know, like keep running that same run play at that point in game when you're trying to salt clock until it doesn't work anymore. Right, like. I, you know, and kudos to Ohio State. They made some big plays down the stretch when they had the ball late. Of course, they scored basically the last play of the game. Um, you know, really well, well-designed play, too, to go away from the middle. Although then after the fact, they didn't realize it at the time. But Notre Dame had only 10 guys in the field and were down a D lineman, which certainly doesn't help your goal line defense. So that was a mistake. I didn't really get Marcus Freeman's explanation of we didn't want to run a guy and get a penalty. Like at that point, what's the difference? Why would it matter? So you go from the one to the half. I get it. It's just the nose of the ball on the line, but like what you know, a foot and a half compared to three feet to score. Like I take the penalty to get a right amount of guys on the field, right? You got a better chance, but whatever. Count apparently mistakes happen. I'm I'm kind of appalled at the level of of ineptitude from coaching staffs around the country with getting the wrong personnel on the field. Like not enough guys, too many guys. It's insane. Uh, well. One thing's consistent. Um, Brian Ferentz is going to be holding the cardboard side wow. and saying, help me, I'm poor. So um, the the question I have for you, Ryan, is given he's going to have to make a move, does Kirk Ferentz yes, retire? Yes, retire. Does he retire? Because no. he doesn't want to fire his son. No, he's done. I, I just I think it happens because what are they, they didn't have 100 yards of offense, did they? No, I think they completely. They don't have traditional. They have they're tight end. Rushing, a, 40 yards passing. They're tight end. Three who, first downs. The big, the, the NFL's Lakey. littered, littered with Iowa great tight ends. And they have another one, but he's hurt. Uh, Iowa doesn't, they don't have that Charlie Jones, you know, 
double last name type wide receiver that like kind of is sneakily one of the best in the Big Ten. Their offensive line has been really piss poor the last couple of years, they and that's an Iowa State backs. There, but no, but no, no names, no, right? No. Like no game breakers. Like Mac Iowa Nomer's over the Herber. years has had like a big game breaker, and McNamara is a pretty good quarterback. But if you watch that Penn State game, that dude's hurting. He took a beating from Penn State. Oh, I mean, Lord. he's he is he's hurting, and he's the linchpin. He's the only thing holding that thing together. And their defense is okay, but Penn State shredded their defense. Like they don't even have the tip of like they lost Campbell with the Lions now. You know, they lost a good they safety. The he's like, really good, but other than that, their defense They just don't even have the depth that Iowa's had before. And I just, I can't imagine they'd be like, you know, we're working together and I have the choice of either to fire you or to retire and ride off into the sunset, given the fact that I've already done all these things. I'm the winningest coach. I've made all this money. You, yeah. you might get a double whammy, Iowa. You may be in a coaching search as well um, because I don't yeah. think that he's going to pull the trigger. I, I just Otherwise, I think he well, would have already. Well, I mean, he ha- but he kind of has to because it's in his contract. It's a rolling contract for his son. Well, right, he has to, but I'm just saying is like he's not going to want to, so my prediction right now would be he's going to yeah, leave. I don't, I don't think he's around next Depending year. Depending on how the season goes. They're just not very good. I mean, anymore. he's getting up there anyway, Ference, but um, it just wouldn't surprise me. Um, should we go around college football, then hit Michigan State? Or yeah, did we get everybody in the Big Ten? Yeah, except for, I mean, Florida State, gritty, you know, Clemson, you know, their kicker's really good. You know, he can make a 70-yard field goal, but apparently he can't make a 29-yard one. Yeah, man, don't Idiot. rely on a kicker. Michigan Idiot. State has found that out over the years, last year, more most recently. Washington State's for real. Their quarterback is an absolute stud. Please, Michigan State, give Jake Dickert and their 27-year-old offensive coordinator a look. Please, if you have a brain, which I don't think you do. Um, you don't have to be married to the Midwest anymore, guys, because well, the but, way college football has opened up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, between Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, you don't really need to, And then occasionally Florida, Georgia, you know, California. Stay away from California. No, California. Some good football. Um, Texas. There's good football, right? But the way the game has opened up. I don't believe you need a Midwest guy anymore. Like and, he and is a Midwest the, guy. The Pac ten, the Pac two now, and the Big Big Ten together, the Big Eighteen. Like it's coast to coast. So like I don't buy this regionality thing anymore. And great, he's from Wisconsin, but I agree with you. Give a look, give a look beyond your footprint because your um, footprint's across the country now. Penix continues to put up video game like numbers. Fifty nine more points out of Washington. They're crazy. Um, LSU and Arkansas continue to have great games. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, Pat Narduzzi is pit at one and three. God, if we look at North that, North Carolina four and zero for the first time in a really Duke's long time. Duke's four and zero. North Carolina's four and zero. Kansas is four and zero. What is this? It's basketball. It's basketball, yeah. except for Michigan State and Kentucky. Yep, Kentucky's not bad though. I think they might be ranked actually now. Um, how about this one? I called it. I said Oregon by a million. What did they do? They won yeah. by a million. And they, they could have probably scored a heck of a lot more. Curb stomped them. Curb stomped them. And there's videos. Speaking of that game, my favorite line of the weekend, they play for clicks, we play for wins. That was Oregon's coach leaning about Colorado. But yet Colorado gets another big noon game in the game of the century against USC. Like every week is a game of the century. And I get it. Dion is is it made for TV guy and whatever, but like I had a good conversation with somebody at work today. Colorado's got some really good first level talent. They have zero depth and that showed against Oregon. Oh, you cannot I've said this about Michigan State for years. Like Michigan State starters I'd put up against not now, but in most cases I'd put them up there to beat anybody in the Big Ten on a given Saturday. 
It's the depth that wins games for you. It's when you can get uh, a second and third string wide receiver like at you know at Ohio State that's willing to kind of wait their turn and then bust out and play two years and be NFL talent, right? Like that's what Colorado is missing. That's what Michigan State is definitely missing. But if he can stay there, I bet he can build it because yeah, probably could. want to play for him. Yeah, and I'm just a... tired of that shtick though because it's like, look, they got smoked. They got absolutely obliterated, and yet and they're talking crap before the game on the yeah, field. That's like all we're talking about is going. Man, look, USC doesn't have a great defense, but they might score a hundred. Yeah, Caleb Williams is. I mean, because if Bo Nix, you know, the haircut guy can. Can shred you that much? What is Caleb Williams going to do? Yeah, it's going to be. I'm excited to watch it. It'll be fun. Must see TV. I mean, that's what it is. Colorado. Yeah, well, it'll be our first Saturday at home to just sit and watch a bunch of games. Yeah. Use the picture and picture and picture and picture on YouTube TV, which right, is great. Right, right, all right. Let's get to the thousand feet of crap, and then another thousand feet of crap, and then there lies Michigan State's football's grave. Um, that was dug by Mel Tucker. Long before he jerked it on the phone, because it's clear from the talent. Uh, Do not sell me on a coach being good at recruiting, because A, I think that's overhyped. I think stars get inflated, I've said this for years, by who is recruiting you. And I think it's just an ability to spot talent and build talent because guys don't come out of high school. Well, not all. I would say there's cases sometimes when it happens. But most cases, guys don't come out of high school ready-made to be stars in college football. They just don't. That means it takes coaching. Michigan State is top to bottom. We'll pull Courtney Hawkins out of that because I would argue he's done a good job with young receivers. He's the only coach at Michigan State that I think has coached his players to be better. Nathan Carter is good because of he's got talent. I don't think Michigan State's running backs coach is very good. Jordan Simmons hasn't gotten any better oh, in God. four years. Um, you know, Prim didn't even see the field the other day. I don't think Michigan State's tight ends haven't been squat for years. Car- the line well. has been squat, but he's basically a receiver. Yeah. Their line yeah, he, hasn't been squat yeah, for years. Riddle me this: Why is Chris? Kapilovich, first of all, he got fired from every job he's ever been at, and then we hire him and pay him a million dollars. This dude, I'm sorry for my language, this dude is complete and total waste of You know what, it's, it's funny because everybody, God like, bless I love to listen to Valenti talk about this, about how D'Antonio was so loyal to his guys, and it's not the good old boy club, whatever, but I don't know what the relationship is with Mel with these guys, but his inability... To actually handpick coaches, he's given coach, the biggest pets, right? uh, money pool that he could ever yeah. ask for, and he brought in these losers. I mean, I'm Low telling you, there are, D, there are legit D three coaches that are better. they they will they will not have a job in college football when they're fired. They will not. And so that's part of my going back to my podium. Are they burning it down because they're like screw it? I yes. would say why yes. because if you want another job, and a lot of these guys are young enough that. You know they're gonna walk. I don't. They're not gonna get a buyout. I don't think. Maybe they'd get a buyout, but I. I don't know how they the contracts shouldn't. work. But like, don't you need another job? Don't you want to like show that you can make talent better? Because the talent that's gotten better at Michigan State was already good to begin with. And like I said, there's a limited pool of that. Like you don't just come in off the street unless you're like the kid at Colorado who's just you know outstanding athlete, phenomenal, plays two ways. Like guys like that are exceedingly rare. 
Um, you coach up offensive linemen. You technique coach up defensive linemen. Yeah, there's athletic features. There's speed. There's power. There's like the, I get those things, yeah, there's but measurables. you still learn those things over time as you grow from being a boy to a man. Like talent to being smart to run routes. You know, talent to catch the ball. That's I, I get it, but have an eye for that, and you can coach some of that stuff. And Michigan State does none of that. And here's here was my sign that Saturday was going to be an epic flop. For the first time in my 33 years of going to football games at Michigan State, one of our drum majors almost bit it on their ass. Like they had to put a hand down when they put their little hat tassels down, bent over backwards. Almost bit it. She put it. She put her hand down to catch herself. That right there was like that's well, it. And the team that, could that, even run microcosm, microcosm team could run out correctly. They, they played thunderstruck and they like held for like five seconds. They're like, oh, we should go. It's like yeah, little they, giants. They what? stood there. Yeah, it's just like I mean. There is not one ounce of that team that's well coached. Stupid penalties again, retaliation penalties again. There's um, no not enough men in the field. Too many guys in the field. The play calling, like fourth Holding. and one early, fourth and one from the one yard line, for effing cripe sake. Watch a Philadelphia Eagles game. They are thirty for thirty-two on the Hertz push. I get it. Your college, you're not pro. You can do that. You can do it's it. Called it's called leverage, illegal. and it's called alignment. And damn it, you should do it every Which time. Is stupid if you don't. Fourth and one at the at the one yard line with a chance to tie that game. Probably completely change the tenor of that game. You run an outside run play, stuffed, give up a touchdown. Um, Michigan State five turnovers, most of which led to, led to touchdowns. Oh, just stupid. I mean. Just what I saw in the field was not – I don't blame the players. I don't think the players quit. I think the players played hard. I think some of their penalties of aggression late were just because they're so oh, damn frustrated. I, I, I think they tried, but they're just not very good. I, I, I It's the coaches put them in zero Hor- position. Horrible win. position. There's, um, there's no – do they practice during the week? I really wonder if I mean, they look, practice. Two guys in a row dropped touchdowns at the end of the first half. That, again, makes that a ball game. Might have either tied it or given Michigan State at least gotten them within a touchdown. I can't remember what the score was at that it time. It would have been... 20, it was 28-7. to 7, or 21 nothing, and it would have been 21-3. So, it would have been 21-10. Right, so it would have given them a fighting chance, right? Then the defense comes out strong, you know. They, but then they give up a fake. Like, that's coaching. Oh, have your players... Somebody, nightmare, somebody needs to spy that. Like, how can you ever just say we're going to run away from it? Like, of course, I'm a, especially with rugby punters, all they need to do is look and go, yeah, I can make that 15 yards. Like, I mean, they did, you know, they made a good comeback and they stopped them on that drive or held them to a field goal or something. But even later on that drive, they are offsides, and here's coaching again, and your receive, your defensive back gives up a long pass Freaking interfere with them. In the NFL, I get it. You don't want to because it's a spot penalty. In college football, it's a 15-yard penalty. If you're burned and you're beat on a big third down play, unless you're sure as heck or at least 95% sure you can probably make a play on the ball and maybe knock it away and the guy's got to make a miracle catch, if you're beaten, interfere. That's coaching. Like you, You tell your guy, get out there, especially when you already knew it was a free play. You're, so you're giving up, in essence, another 10 yards. Instead, they get, like, a, well, I think it was a 62-yard play. Like, then later in the game, they blew a pick six. Like, I mean, Michigan State can't catch the ball on offense. It can't catch the ball on defense. Missed tackles. Then here's another coaching thing for you. 
They get a touchdown finally. Go for two. And it's still, it's still a game Great that's idea, within reach, and they go for two. Mathematically, you never chase points at that point in time. What, because what it did is it put Michigan State into a position where then they were going to have to score two touchdowns later in the game instead of a touchdown and a field goal. You saved the two-point conversion for the last possible play. You, you know, the last possible time you have to do it because it's not that high percentage because it's hard to score with 22 guys on the field between the two-yard line and the end zone. It, it just is. You don't have the space to operate, and especially the way Jay Johnson calls plays. Speaking of whom, he does nothing to put his team in a place to have success. The screen pass inside the 10 that Hauser threw the pick on, four turn or five turnovers to one. You know, I, if I'm the coach, Hauser's my ride or die, and I'm letting Levitt get some play. I don't even care if I burn his red shirt. I talk to him and I say, you know what, Sam? Sam is the name, right? Yeah. Are you okay if we play you more than four games? Or at least max out his four games, right? And get yeah, a good look at what you got so you have a two-man competition next year. Because based on recruiting and stars, you're going to leave the next staff with two pretty good, touted quarterbacks that are left on the roster. Here's my prediction right now. If he continues this, we're riding Noah, riding Noah, riding Noah, you're going to have one roster quarterback at the end of the season. One scholarship be quarterback. The other guys are going to go. This week. They're going to bolt. Uh, I'm just, it's, it's, uh, it's absolutely disgusting. I, I, I don't even, I don't even know what to say anymore because I've seen bad. Like I've endured the Bobby Williams era of bonehead coaching, but this even is... those teams had like Jeff Smoker and T.J. Duckett and Charles Rogers, like NFL caliber talent. There's no that, talent. Like, there's just so little that I feel bad for the guys that do have that level of talent because there's just no chance. I mean, Michigan State would probably win the MAC, maybe, no, probably. No, probably. Um, <clears throat> and we're going to get to it here in a minute. I have, I'm starting my own power rankings now because everybody else does it, like when we get to second down. But it's like, oh my gosh. I like, I don't even know what to say anymore. I just don't know what to say anymore. I'm out of words as well. The spite store is open. I'm All laughing. Right. We'll move to this second down, which of course is our week five preview. But then I'm first before we get to the games, Ryan, I'm gonna power rank you, the you big ten. Read this the thing that had. Yeah. Oh, is that our Norris. spot? Oh yeah. How did I not have that? Oh yeah, yeah. New to second down is my weekly Big Ten power rankings presented by Norris Sports Group a boutique agency of experts with 30-plus years of experience in sports, sponsorships, and much more. Learn more at norrissportsgroup.com today. Thanks, Ryan, for reminding me that I had an ad in there. All right, so my system. I don't really pay attention to how other people rank them. I'm just going to tell you, you're probably going to have some disagreement with this. I'm ranking it on kind of the the conglomeration of what I've seen so far, like, if, if a team is beating a team and that team's beating a team, like I'm going to put them ahead, and you'll kind of see this here. Ryan, feel free to weigh in on any of this if you agree or not. Um, so I'll go from worst to first. Indiana is my last-ranked team in the Big Ten. Yes. Um, four overtimes to beat Akron. You know, they fought against Louisville, but that's about the best that they've played. They got smashed by Ohio State. Um, they're the worst team. And right on their heels is Michigan State. Yeah. It's really... They are playing for the dirty toilet bowl. Not just the toilet bowl, but like the toilet bowl at the gas station that has who knows how many people have gone in it and left it in it. That's that's the bowl game that those two teams are playing for. There's a pretty big chasm, I think, even between that and 12th, even though in 12th I have Purdue, 
who at least has played good teams, right? They've played Wisconsin. They've played Fresno. They've played well, Virginia Tech's not very good. But they went on the road, and they played Virginia Tech. And then they played Syracuse. Like, they've at least played – they've probably arguably played the best four-game schedule so far in the Big Ten. Uh, they're one and three. But I would say the difference between even Purdue and Michigan State is pretty epic. Like, if the two of those teams played right now, Purdue would be probably a 10-plus point favorite, I think. Mm-hmm. At 11, I have Nebraska. I just don't think that they're very good. I think they'll they'll get there eventually, but I don't think they're very good. They've been pretty injury-ridden as well. Number 10, I actually have Rutgers. Um, they haven't really played anybody great so far. I mean, they beat Northwestern, they beat Temple, they beat Vatek, and they battled at least a little bit against Michigan, which they traditionally do. But I think they're pretty clearly better than those other teams. <laughs> Number 9, I have Illinois. Yes, they're 2-2. Two and two. Yes, their two wins were barely wins. Their two losses were against two good undefeated teams. So, um, uh, you know, still remains to be seen. It's not to say that they can't drop lower, but I have them at 9. I have Minnesota at 8, just a smidge ahead. Um, look, Minnesota's not very good. We saw that against Northwestern, the way they collapsed. So I have Northwestern at 7, and you'd be like, Andy, you have Northwestern at 7. There's no way they're in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten. At this point in time... From what we've seen through four games, they are. They had a nice win against Minnesota. Whether Minnesota's good, bad, or indifferent, that was a nice comeback win. They got smoked by Duke. I, I'll give you that. Duke's a good team. Um, you know, they lost to Rutgers and didn't do much in that game. You know, a lot of turmoil offseason. But they smoked UTEP, and we didn't expect that either. So, look, they're 2-2. Two and two. They might not win a game the rest of the year. But for right now, after this week, I got them number 7. I've got Iowa barely number 6. I mean, they're 3-1, and one, but... They're they're on a fast track to nowhere with that offense. I got Maryland at number five. And look, I mean, they beat Michigan State with the help of Michigan State beating themselves a lot in that game. We talked about five turnovers, a lot of penalties. Um, but I think that, you know, Maryland's got some nice pieces and parts. Now things get a little bit more real after this week. They play Indiana this week. But, you know, they still have to play the big three. But so far, they're ahead of schedule. Item 3-1 and one at this point, and they're 4-0. Oh. So, you know, 7-8 wins is not out of the realm of possibility, and that would be a really good season for Maryland. So I got them fifth right now. Wisconsin, I've got fourth. I think they're pretty clearly the best team in the West, pretty much by far and away. Their defense is pretty good. Their offense, definitely, they've got weapons. Well coached. Um, here's where some people would differ. I've got Michigan number three. I don't think they've beaten anybody. Their defenses look pretty good. Their offense has been very average, in my opinion, for what they supposedly had coming back and the offensive line that they had. You can't tell me that they're better than number two Penn State, who throttled Iowa in a whiteout, who, albeit West Virginia is not very good, throttled West Virginia in a night game. Um, Penn State has lived up to what they're supposed to be, and they're a good football team. They're better than Michigan right now. And number one, Again, you can at me if you want. It's Ohio State. Um, yep, they struggled a little bit against Indiana, but they've been incrementally getting better week over week, and they've played between Iowa or between Penn State and Michigan. They've definitely played a harder schedule. Notre Dame on the road. Michigan hasn't even left Ann Arbor. Penn State, I don't think, has left State College. At least Ohio State went out on the road twice already. They played at Indiana and they played at Notre Dame. Um, so that's my power rankings for the week. <clears throat> nice. All right, let's preview week five in the games. Do some picks. Let's do it. Northwestern hosts the Nittany Lions of Penn State. Coming off the big comeback win, Penn State blew out Iowa. Penn State's a 26-point favorite on the road here in Evanston. 
Northwestern showed me something. I think they got a little some cooked up. I think that they lose this by three touchdowns. They cover. So I noticed this the other night. Anybody who's been watching the Big Ten for a long time and paid close attention knows that when the big boys come into town in Evanston, Northwestern has a broken lawnmower. Like their field is shaggy AF. Uh, and it was mowed nice and tight and it looked more like turf the other day. I would not be surprised to see that grass get a little bit longer this week to slow Penn State down a little bit. I think Northwestern comes out with some pep and some fire and some juice. I saw 27. That's a big number on the road to cover, but Penn State's that good. I think Penn State covers that. All right. Then we've got Louisiana, the three and one Cajun Cajuns. Cajuns traveling to Minneapolis, St. Paul region area to play the Golden Gophers. Louisiana's well coached. Uh, Minnesota's not good. They're both the same colors. I'm rolling with the Cajuns to cover 12 and a half points. Um, Minnesota's quarterback, Cali Manaf, blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah, blah. Minnesota Sucks. struggles on offense anyway. I, yeah, I don't think. I think Minnesota. Low scoring. I think Minnesota wins, but I yeah, think win, Louisiana covers. They'll that, win yeah. by like a touchdown. But remember, Minnesota lost that home to what, Eastern a couple years ago? Or somebody uh, in Bowling Ohio, Green, Bowling Green, terrible. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if they lost, but I think they win and they, they but they don't cover. Uh, Michigan travels to Lincoln for the gets out of the state for the first time, albeit against a reeling Nebraska team that's just not very good. Um, Eighteen is the spread in this one. Michigan's zero and four against the spread. I think that continues zero and five. I think Nebraska covers, but Michigan's going to win this game by you know I think they'll win by seventeen, like you know thirty one fourteen type. Um, contest 34 yeah i mean michigan's offense has struggled nebraska's defense has been okay um it's at nebraska the place is going to be crazy and i'll go with the same thing as michigan hasn't shown me anything they that they can cover now 18 like i could see them winning by three touchdowns but i'm going to go with i'm going to give the benefit of the doubt on that three-point home spread i'm going to go nebraska to cover that game i think this is the easiest spread of the week for me Maryland minus fourteen against Indiana. Oh my gosh, they're gonna pound kick it. The they're crap gonna out of they're them. gonna double that up. Indiana is yeah. not very good. Yeah, straight up here, Illinois versus Purdue. <clears throat> Walters against his former team. I, it's the battle of the mids. I'm going with the Fighting Illini. I think they get it done in a low scoring, close battle. Like, like yeah, thirteen ten. Man, I just don't think Purdue's just not playing very well. They haven't really shown me. Something that says, oh, yeah, they're ready to break through. Their defense is really, really struggling. Like, I knew it would struggle early, but not through four games. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm going with you. I'm going to go Illinois in that game, too. Yep. All right. Um, I made this spread myself because it's not out there. Rutgers hosts Wagner, the oh, Seahawks. Um, 30 and a half. Can Rutgers cover no. it? You don't think they'll cover no, it? I don't think they'll cover it. I think that. they cover it. I just made that up. I have no idea what it would be don't really care it's Rutgers the moment we've all been waiting for the oh, bet, this spread has gone from six and a half to 13 the, is what I saw well we're doing it straight because this is the best offensive coordinator in football and Brian France versus the best defensive coordinator in college football <laughs> Scotty Adelson and Michigan State is the best second best offensive coordinator in football good heaven almighty 10 nothing final I've said this since since Saturday 10 nothing final score three points for Iowa off of a you know turnover, kick a field goal on a short field, and then a pick six. That's it. There will not be any points. Michigan State will get like two first downs. 
no way they're going to be able to run against them. And I, it, this is going to be just awful football. Yeah, um, I hope it just rains, too, to make it well, even let's, better let's that way. Let's check it. I will, I, I will say, there. I saw, I think the over-under is at like 39 or 30, yeah, right around the high 30s, mid-high 30s. And the spread literally has gone up a touchdown in the last two well, days, for up to 13 and a half. High of 85 degrees on Saturday in oh, Iowa yeah. City. So Michigan State is not going to be prepared for that because they don't know how to hydrate. They don't know how to prepare. I would, if we were betting the the spread, I would say that I, I would actually say Michigan State could cover 13 and a half because I don't think Iowa can score 13 and a half points. But Michigan State can't score more than three. I think that ends up being a 13 to three game. I think, um, you know, Iowa wins that game and they go way under. So I'm probably going to punch the under and I oh, see. I'm going to see how it's going. It was 39 and a half. That's what I got it at on Sunday. 39 and a half. You think that these two god awful shithole teams are going to score that many combined points? No way. That's 23 to 16. There's no way. Michigan State has scored, what, 15 points? In the last, what did we decide they scored? No, 16 points in the last two games. Nine and six, right? Nine and seven. Nine and seven. 16 points in the last two games. Yep. Awesome. All right. uh, then we're going to do one out of the Big Ten plus NFL. Notre Dame, Duke, college game day. First time ever. That's a hard bounce back Durham. game for Notre Dame. I, I think Duke gets them. I do. I, I love Riley Leonard. Um, and I love what's Mike the, Elko. What's the spread in that Please, game? You know? It's close. Please, God, let Mike Elko be the next coach of Michigan State. Please. Are you going to talk to us about who you're going to do a coaching that. analysis? No. No? I'm trying to, guys, let Ryan know if you want him to do this. I want him to break I down. I don't know anything about I want him to look at the top five to ten candidates well, for Michigan State. Well, you know, if the State. media were to tell you the top five guys would be Charles well, I know Huff, Charles who they Huff, would tell Charles you. Huff. So, so take what they say, and then you break it down as to why or why not we should consider them. I want you to do that. That's your homework next week. Come yeah, on. every Mac coach? Uh, no, just pick the five that you see most commonly, and for the next five weeks, pick one and give the reasons why or why not. And and then ultimately tell us who our coach is going to be. So uh, what was the – oh, Duke playing it straight up? Yeah. Man, part of me says Notre Dame is going to be fired up for the way that they lost – Part of me says it's going to be really hard to show up and, and play after that Ohio State game. How did we do last week? Um, I went six. Oh, I didn't do well. I did six, went six and six. You went eight and four. All right, we're, so we're tied for the season. Tied for the season. So try to be. I'm going to pick Notre Dame here. I'm probably. Um, no, I can't even say I'm rooting for Duke. I'm rooting for a tie. Can't happen. No, I don't mind. I, I think it'll football. be a good game. I think it'll be a good game. But I, I, I got to go with. I think Freeman will have Notre Dame ready, and I think they'll win. Last one, Thursday night football, Amazon Prime Lions travel to Lambeau Field, site of last year's great, Lions, great win. Three and one early division lead. Sign me up. Yeah, I mean, surprisingly, honestly, that the Packers are right there too, and the yeah, Packers are a blown, a blown game from being undefeated, and the Lions are kind of a blown game against Seattle, in essence, from being undefeated. So, um, you know, with where the rest of the NFC North is, it's kind of an important game. Um, I think the Lions are more seasoned; they're still a little bit dinged up, but I think they've got some injuries on Green Bay side too. But I'm, I'm going to go the Lions as well. Lions. All right, that's the week five. Review. All right. A word from our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty, will help you find the home that best fits your needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. 
The Enders have served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. Third down, mailbag slash hodgepodge slash golf because we've got the Ryder Cup. Um, I've got a pile of questions from Mitchapalooza, Ryan, that we can address. Uh, you want to talk Ryder Cup first, or what do you want to do? Yeah, we can talk Ryder. I'm excited for it. I'm going to get up at 1 a.m. to watch. Just kidding. Oh, course looks cool. Marco Simone. Yeah, it does look really good. You all, let's start with let's start with um, Mitch's questions. So, who will be the unsung hero for the U.S. team this week? I'm going with Homa. He's a good match play player. I think he's going to play well. You're going Homa. I'm going to go with your favorite guy on the roster. Harmon. Yeah. Farman Harmon. The the little lefty. Um, I don't know. I just think he kind of plays good over there in Europe. It's a super hilly course. I know that, but um, I like how he played this year. I, you know, I know Ryan. You don't necessarily like their roster, but I I like the U.S. roster. Like I I think that there's gamers. I lo- I honestly love that they picked Thomas because even though. At the time, he wasn't playing great. Some of it has to do with the camaraderie. Some of it has to do with just being in the moment. You know, Europe has been riddled with guys like that over the years. Um, I, you know, Europe has a really good young team. But I, I, you know, to recap for the U.S., just in case you forgot, Sam Burns, Patrick Cantlay, Wyndham Clark, Ricky Fowler, Brian Harmon, Max Homa, Brooks Kepka, Colin Murakawa, Xander Schauffele, who's a very good in the Ryder Cup, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas. I'll tell you, the weakest link I think that's on the U.S. roster is going to be Wyndham Clark. I don't expect anything. Yeah, I don't know if he, I don't, I just don't know if he has, I I don't know. We'll see, right? Like, yeah, we we will. I mean, and looking at the Europe players, their roster's top heavy. Ludwig Aberg, Matt Fitzpatrick. Terrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, Nikolai Hojard, Victor Hovland, who's obviously playing really well lately. Robert McIntyre, Shane Lowry, Rory, Rom, Rose, Sepp. Um, I think it's going to be close. Yep. We have the cup, right? So we only have to win 14 points to 14 keep it. 14 retains, I think, yeah. 14 retains. Um, yeah, I mean, so for me, Harmon, you said Homa for the for your unsung hero. Um, another Ryder Cup question is, should there be a separate committee that picks the courses because it feels that each team just picks courses yes. that are suited to them, making it impossible to win as the away team, yes. which we've seen more and more lately for it's, sure. U.S. hasn't won. I love, look, I love seeing, cor- yeah, they haven't won there since 93. 93. It's been 30 I, years. I, I love seeing these courses that you've never really, like outside of the U.S. that you've never really seen or whatever. Um but I agree. I, I think, like, figure it out, or even a rotation. Like, I don't think there's a problem with a rotation of, you know, like they do with the U.S. Open or the PGA where they've got kind of like 10 courses that are great that they can just kind of rotate between that are kind of just like a good test in golf. It shouldn't just be a test for one team and a quiz for the other. It should be a test for both teams. And, look, it's super hilly. I read an article this week about how, the you know Zach Johnson has advised the ca- the players to consider having two caddies with them. He's advised them to have um, much lighter bags, like almost it's more very like stand hilly. bags, because it's hilly. It's supposed to be in the eighties. It's taxing enough on the players, but it, it, you're also playing very because sh- you play what Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. and so you're very condensed in your in your playing in your style. 
yeah, you can take some more strokes off and like the four ball and some things like that. I, I understand that part of it, but like watch for the fatigue factor. Now, I'm not saying that John Rahm's not going to get fatigued cause, or Sepp Straka because those are some big dudes walking up and down those hills. I mean, I sure would, but the players are in peak physical condition. And let's face it, so are the caddies. But, you know, don't don't underestimate that, I would say. And the hills have nothing to do with whether it's a good course or not. I, I just I agree with you, Mitch, that I think, you know, let's kind of put a neutral party there and just pick great courses not courses that are not great courses that are suited just to the team that wins. I mean, I guess that's part of it, right? Like, right. come beat us where we want you to play. I kind of get it, but I don't know. I'd, I, I'm with that. I'd rather see a separate committee pick. That's what I. Um, anything else you want to talk about Ryder Cup? Do you think they can win? I think the U.S. can win, but I don't think they will. Um, I think they're, it's going to be like a 14 close. and a half. Because what are there, 20? I don't know. So 27 points, I think, is what it is. I should know. Here, let's look. Remember talk that. about it. Talk talk amongst yourselves while I look because I should yeah. know this, but I did not. It, it's so. going to be exciting. Um, set your alarms early. Um, I'm excited for the Spieth Thomas combo. I think Thomas is going to play well. I, I have this feeling, um, even though he's. I, I think so too. I I just think it's just like his, it's his bag, right? It's like it's it's like the guys. Mitch had a question like this before. Yeah, it's like, like Graham McDowell. Yeah, it's Ian those Poulter, guys that kind of rise up, Sergio. And Sergio, and whatever. So, okay, so here's the how it works. Um, uh, so the format is four ball. So just for listeners who might not know, four ball is each member of the of a two man team plays his own ball. So there's four balls in play on every hole. Each team counts the lowest of its two scores on the hole, and the team whose player has the lowest score wins the hole. The low scores are tied. The hole is halved. So that'd be like Ryan and I. I have a four. He has a five. We take my four. Uh, foursomes and foursomes. Each two-man team plays one ball per hole, with the players taking turns until each hole is complete. It's called alternate. It's kind of like alternate shot, I guess. Really, uh, players alternate hitting tee shots, with one leading off on odd number holes and the other hitting off first on even number holes. The team with the low score on each hole wins the hole. If the score is tied, that they have. That's kind of a cool format because it's like. Ryan's hoping like hell, and I'm going to keep driving it straight so that he can come in, and I'm hoping like hell he's going to hit the second shot where I, I can make the birdie putt, right? Like So mm-hmm. that's very interesting. That's very much about team camaraderie and matching of skills. So that's where like a Zach Johnson comes into play. And, of course, there's singles, uh, one player from each team that go head-to-head, low score, you know, match play. Scoring each match is worth one point, with matches ending in a tie worth one half point each side. The first team to reach 14 and a half points wins the Ryder Cup. If it ends 14-14, so there's 28 points. U.S. retains. The team holding the Ryder Cup retains. Of course, uh, the U.S. pounded Europe at Whistling Straits. So um, three days, 28 matches, 28 points. Uh, It's going to be interesting. there's just different things to watch. I think it's a super interesting format. I like the way that it's not just straight up head-to-head. It's different than what you're used to. It's very much more team-style. The crowd's going to be rowdy. Um, I think it's it's fun and, and worth the watch. It's kind of like I look at it like British Open. You know, that's always far the Open. It's always fun for me to get up in the morning and watch the Open, so it'll be fun for me to get up and watch this. All right, so that's Ryder Cup. Um Let's go back to college football here. Last week I started, Ryan had done a ton of homework on rankings, reviews, part two. 
I think we might put it off a week because we're already at the 54-minute mark here. Um, so I'll get to the last six years of that. Um, so if you were listening last week and waiting for it, guess what? You're going to have to wait again. Um, so I'm going to get to another Mitchapalooza question. College football is one question of the week. When does basketball start? Practice started Monday. Yep. First games yeah. are early November. So I think Michigan State is November 6th. Not long. Not long, Mitch. Um, in the realm of pro football mailbag for me, for your dad. When was the last time you saw the Lions dominate in all three phases? 1991, question mark? I don't know that even... I mean, they were pretty good in 1991, but I don't even know that you could say that they dominated. I mean, they were actually as close as they've probably ever been, arguably, to the Super Bowl then. Um, and they had Barry, and you know, they had Herman Moore, and they had Lomas Brown, and they had Chris Spielman, and they had Benny Blades. You know, they had great kicker. Uh, probably, in my lifetime... But that's not saying much because the Lions have not given us much to look at. So I think that's probably dominant by Lions standards, yes, 1991. Um, second question from Mitch, do you even need JMO back at this point? I want him back, but it doesn't feel like we're missing something. What do you think about that? What what was that? Totally do you out. need? Do we need JMO back at this point? Do we need no, a downfield I, threat I mean, at this point? we do, but... I don't love golf can throw the deep ball. I mean, he he puts eyes downfield at least, so you have to watch him. I, I mean, if I they're running, helps. if they run like that rollout throwback play, like they did, to, um, I was going to say Hawkinson to Laporta the other day. Don't call him that's him. that's a long pass. Like if you can do that, it's not just straight up field burner stuff, but off of a play action. I, I mean, I think he stretches the field. And look, at this point in time, the way injuries are going, you just need another guy in there. Although he's an injury walking injury himself, so. That's hodgepodge mailbag from my standpoint, Ryan. You got anything else that you want to cover off? All right, board down, baby. For NFL here, real quick. Um, Lions big win, dominant like we said. Um, Defensively, looked really good. Answered the bell. Hodge finally got his couple first couple sacks of the season. One of them being a strip sack. That was a good win against a a Falcons team that played well um, up until that point. I would like to see. The offense and the defense played great at the same time. Like I feel like, well, even last year, the offense played really well and the defense didn't. Obviously, at the beginning of the year, or the defense would play really well and the offense would play average. Offense was pretty good the other day, but wasn't great. I'm gonna tell you what I blame it on. Ryan, can you predict what I blame it on? Those stupid the freaking blueberry uniforms. I don't like the blue pants on the road. I sure as hell don't like the blue on blue at home. Give me the Honolulu blue and silver, which are great colors. I'm not even a huge fan of the silver silver. Here's the combo. Give me Honolulu blue top and silver pants at home, and give me all whites on the road. Yeah, it's a good look. And an occasional, like the old school Thanksgiving look where they peel the logos off the helmet. Yeah, those and it's are like, cool. You know, like badass Penn State type practice. But I don't, I hate the blueberry. If you're going to go... What do they call that? Color, color rush. Color rush. Then go with the, with the silvers. Like the silvers are way more palatable than those blueberries. I just, I don't think they. I, I got to do some research. I don't think they play very well that way. Um, look, here's a couple another observations that I had. Branch is a freaking stud. That dude can hit. He's in He's position. A football player. I mean, man. he is just. He is. That team is loaded with examples of how much better their coaching. And developmental staff is, but also their front office. 
Yeah, no way like, in hell they would have. They took him. kind of a beating for taking Gibbs and then taking Campbell and then taking Laporta and then taking Branch. Like, oh, and you know, what? Some of these guys were hurt. They're Iowa guys, whatever. They're just Dan Campbell guys. Uh, yeah, and they're good football players and they're smart football players and they make plays they're and versatile. they're aggressive and they're versatile and they want to be a part of a team. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And in my lifetime, I'll throw that question back on you Mitch like have you seen in your lifetime a Lions team that was had was not inept when it came to building a roster this is the most this is the most sound roster I think the Lions have built from top to bottom yeah, it is I mean there's enough. you in the NFL because you only carry 53 guys there's depth issues because of injuries I mean Lions are like down to their third string rookie tackle uh, right tackle right now with Penny playing over on the left with Decker out you know so that goes back to Mitch's idea that we talked about last week, should uh, there be in a minor league? Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now. Get rid of college football Thursday night. Get rid of NFL Thursday night. And have the USFL play Thursday nights. And then keep the NFL to Sunday and one game Monday. And then an occasional holiday type of thing like Thanksgiving or Christmas Eve or whatever. Occasional Saturday game. And then play them simultaneously so you still get your Thursday night football, and what you're watching is your Michigan Panthers, who's all your your practice squad guys for the Lions, and see who you might need to bring up for the game. I get it. That's close proximity. People are going to say, hey, oh, Andy, injuries, whatever, more prone, whatever. You're paying these guys a lot of money. If Ryan's a good tight end and he plays for the Panthers and has a big game on, on Thursday and he can earn a right to be on the team for special teams or whatever on Saturday, Sunday, yeah. go for it. Because... The NFL, I feel like this year, I don't know, I'm sure there's some statistics, has more like big injuries and depth of injuries than I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's been weird. I mean, it's not not awesome. just like a bunch of Rodgers-type guys with torn Achilles, but like five, six, seven, eight starters across all these rosters that are hurt. Um, and 53-man roster is not enough to cover for that, even when you throw in the practice squad. So, right. um, I don't know, what, what else you got on the Lions? Just keep the ball rolling, man. Um, How about the cardiac Packers? Uh, what the Saints what? suck? They blew it. But what? Talk about Winston. blew it. What in the hell were the Chargers doing? Going for it inside the coach their needs thirty. To be fired. He needs to be fired regardless. You're that up sucks. four, and you go for it on the road inside your thirty. Like I don't care if it's fourth and he an needs inch. To be fired. No way. You gave the ball to Minnesota. Now Hawkinson pulled a very Lions move, having been an ex-former old Lion. And now, was it a tough catch because Cousins had to absolutely rip it in there? Yeah. Was it a smidge behind him? Yeah, guess what? So nobody else could intercept it except for when you dropped it, and then they intercepted it. I feel horrible for Cousins. He is the leading quarterback in the NFL. I think he might have the highest quarterback rating except for Tua. And Jefferson is the leading receiver, I believe, in the NFL. The two of them are a deadly combination. Cousins is averaging like over 340 or so a game. He's averaging like three and a half touchdowns a game, and Minnesota is zero and three. Now, arguably, they're really close to being two and one or three and zero. That's the difference between them last year and this year. They're losing the close games, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much talking about. Let's blow it up and let's just rebuild for the future because Jefferson's going to leave and Cousins is a free agent. Like, let's trade Cousins to the Jets. I'm like, timeout. I think it's a little early for that because the NFC North is not that good. But like, man. Do the do the do my man Kirk a favor, yeah, in Minnesota. Him Protect him. Uh, catch some passes aside from like a Jefferson or an Addison, right? 
Um, well, the Niners are the best team, I think, in the NFL. Niners are fantastic. We've proved that. Um, the Browns surprise two and one. Good could game. be could be easily be three now. The Steelers are two and one. Yeah. They had a nice win against the Raiders. Um, the Bears, Bears are, are they're so bad. Justin Fields is just another in a long line of horrible judgment by the Bears. Another um, horrible Ohio State quarterback. This is funny. What I thought about is like what this would never happen because it's the end division. But what if the Vikings traded Cousins to the Bears? Like that's honestly, I heard this the other day. I think Colin Coward was talking about this. The Bears need like a play action quarterback that has velocity on the ball that can deal with the weather conditions. They need a quarterback like Kirk Cousins. They don't well, maybe need go there next some year. athlete, right? Like I, I mean, he's, he was grew up in Chicago area yeah, too. So like, he did. I, I just the Bears are just they're just bad. Fields is bad. Like I've watched these videos of him just blatantly looking at three wide open receivers and he tucks it and runs. Like that experiment's over, guys. Get, bench him. I'm sorry. You well, made another Nathan Peterman's their backup. Another yeah. bad pick at quarterback for the Bears. Like when they picked Trubisky over whomever they picked him over. Like I the, I don't care that the Bears are bad because they're in the NFC North with the Lions, but they're bad. The Cowboys already choking because they lost funny. to the Cardinals. Yeah, they talk all this crap. The Eagles are three 0 They're very good. Bengals finally. Yeah, but screw win. Philly because they had a chance to just kick a little pooch they, field they, goal they don't, they don't. and get the over. I, I want to know, like did that. Vegas get on the horn and say, hey, guys, we, we're better here. We're yeah, we're going to do well like on the that. under, so don't score. Like, oh, man, that made me mad. I was going to win a parlay. Colt are 2-1. and one. How about that? Surprisingly, Uncle Rico at quarterback filling in for Richardson. And the, the, the Stroud one, looked really good for the Texans. He Ravens good. are they're vastly they're, overrated, they're, I think. They're 2-1 and one somehow, but, yeah, but let's talk about the elephant in the room. Need I say, holy Santa Claus shit, the Dolphins, <laughs> 70, 70 to points? 20. Are you, is this Madden? And this is how bad it is for the Bears. They're a dog to the Denver team that just gave up 70 points. I mean, that's... That and is, two of those touchdowns were I have no backups. words. I have no words. It's an absolute clinic. They, 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 Their running backs are guys they found on the street. Literally, like sixth round picks, guys that were, have been cast off from other teams... Who was playing Their amazing. coach, he's kind of he's a computer a nerd. nerd, but in a way, he's like, he's a, he's kind of like the bizarro he's Dan Campbell. He's a football savant. But he's a bizarro Dan, Dan Campbell. He's a player's guy. He's not like a man's man player's guy, but he's like a video game, like, hey, let's go out there and just pitch it around. And yeah, like, they play a fun style his, of yeah, football. Right, like, the Dolphins, now, they started great last year, and then they kind of fizzled because Tua took a beating, so let's see if they can stay healthy. But, yeah, that was unbelievable. That's you know, not even Bengals finally got a win. Chargers are who knows the Rams that they were playing. Chargers are now one and two. One and two. Um, I can't like along with the Dion shtick, can we stop with the whole fascination with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? Oh, like man. I mean, the dude endorses Bud Light. He's dating the biggest liberal like crybaby in the world in Taylor Swift. Like, I have no respect for you anymore, Kelsey. You might be a good tight end, but whatever. Get out of my face. And I, I, I mean, does the NFL want to go woke, too? I'm guessing so. Well, you know, those that graphic in the end zone, those do a lot. Yeah, true. Um, all right. I, <laughs> we don't want to go down that road. No. We're already at 106. Let's sprint. All right, let's sprint. And this is kind of like um, the Severed Dog and HodgePodge, but should they be adding new courses to the Ryder Cup rota? I mean, my, my answer is yes. You said yes. yes to that. I think they should do fun. Like, 
What if they play at like Pine Valley or something? Like that'd be sick. Oh yeah, yeah. Cypress of Hill. The, of course, you only see in a magazine. Yeah, right? like fun, interesting courses like Saskatoon. Go, but like why? Like why are we playing at Quail Hollow and Hazeltine? Like no one cares about Quail Hollow or Hazeltine at all. Like I play agree. at TBC Sawgrass, something cool like that. Like it'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would agree. All right, fun question. Best fruit. Best fruit. Hmm. Man, I'm gonna go watermelon. Good one. That's my that's my runner up. I said grapes. Will any of the Owen three teams make the playoffs? What's the st- the stats on that? Is very I mean, limited. Get Owen two. The stats are very low. Um, I don't know. I don't have all the Owen three teams in front of me. Can you give them to me? Like I know Minnesota. Uh, I don't know Chicago. Chicago, no way. Minnesota, I think. Because they've they got the enough skill players, chance, they have they have good talent. They're, they're playing Chicago, no way. Denver, their own three, right? Oh, no yeah. way. Just uh, uh, Denver's own. Yep, own three. Vikings, Bears, Panthers. That's it. Well, only four. No, Vikings are the only team that has a shot at it. Yeah, that I agree, but I don't think they will. And partially because they play in the NFC, which is not as good as the AFC. How about this one? Over under. Twelve and a half portal entries for Michigan State between now and December first. Over yeah. when that thirty How day over when that thirty day opens. They might not which, have a roster. I don't know if it was today. No, officially he hasn't been not. officially fired. So maybe I mean if Michigan State's smart, they're not officially firing him for a while because I I'm going to go on a limb and say this: if they fired him they might tomorrow, they might have to forfeit the rest of their games. I think that many guys are going, you know what? No way. I got no chance here. I'm not going to stick around and wait. Now, that doesn't mean they might not come back when they see who the coach is. Right. But I, I think it's way over. I would say I would have probably set that over under at 20. I'd say 25 plus. Yeah. I think it's going to be double that 12 and a half. You're going to lose both quarterbacks probably. Yeah. I mean, you you already have two guys that have decommitted in the last three days. It's only going to grow. Yeah, One of them's wise. a guy that – from Ohio that was a steal. Um, he's moved up the rankings. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's bad. It's going to get really bad. Uh, thanks, Mel. You're going to get Gate, the home Gate runs strikes that again. That's about it. Yep. Um, all right. Well, even the home. There's a guy from Mount Pleasant that we got four star off in the line, and he's visited Illinois last week and he's visiting Penn State soon. Yeah. Going. Uh, that's 141. Appreciate you guys listening. Let us know if you have any questions you want us to. Um, Hash out during mailbag slash hodgepodge. We would appreciate that. But we appreciate the questions, Mitch yeah, Palooza. Mitch, my man. Chris, you, you had a good always. you had a good point. Uh, you know, as we were talking coaching search, I'm I've given Ryan the homework to look at the coaches and come come to the table. Charles Huff. No, not him. Just kidding. All right, uh, and cool. I think this quote is pretty appropriate this week. It could be definitely geared towards Bears fans. It's absolutely geared towards Michigan State fans. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Albert Einstein said that about Noah Kim starting at quarterback for Michigan State Spartans. Peace out.